Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. All right, three weeks from Thursday, uh, we'll find out the answer to what the Indianapolis Colts are going to do at number four overall. To chat more about that in the NFL draft in general, one of our favorites from ESPN, he is Matt Miller. NFL draft analyst Matt before we get into the Colts specific discussion uh let's fast forward to the year 2034 um who will be the best player in this draft in the year 2034 well we do this we do this all the time with with guys like Will Anderson we get through the process and you kind of forget about him. I remember this happening to Nick Bosa when Nick was coming out of Ohio state, everybody, ah, well, what about this guy? What about that guy? And what about Cleveland Farrell? Like, no, no, no. Like he's Will Anderson has been the best player in college football the last two years. I I think that's been forgotten over 50 tackles for a loss over 30 sacks. He is, he's the best player in this class who is not a quarterback. So he hasn't been talked about a ton because it's a quarterback driven off season, but if I have to take one, I'll take Will Anderson. Okay, so that leads to my question. Is he a good enough player that a team in need of a quarterback shelves the quarterback need to take him if he's available? It's possible. Um, it, it's, I, so I'll say it this way. Carolina, no. They traded up. They gave up all that to get a quarterback. They're going to take a quarterback. I think Houston at two is more – more interesting than people have realized. I wrote back at the combine that I had people in Houston telling me, hey, like a quarterback's not not a given at two. Now that could be a smoke screen, absolutely, right? Which is why you kind of have to put it out there. But, uh, like, we'll see. You know, we'll see if we believe that or not. Um, I, I do think it's possible. Now, for Indianapolis specifically, no way in hell. Like, there's no way that you can take Will Anderson over a quarterback, even though I think Will's great. I just I feel like, you know, whether it's ownership, the fan base, you guys in the media, people like me in the media, uh, Chris Ballard would probably not be able to to, you know, keep his job if they if they don't answer the quarterback question again. Like if you're gonna say, Hey, like we're cool with Gardner Minshew, we're gonna take Will Anderson at four, I I feel like that, you know, there'd be a riot uh down down the streets of Indianapolis. Matt, in your opinion, and hopefully this makes sense the way I ask this. Is this a draft that has four quarterbacks whose talent are all so strong that it merits being four of probably the top five picks? Or is it simply a draft where four of the top five teams selecting need a quarterback, thus we have selected four that would be the guys taking that high? This is a draft where so many teams need a quarterback, guys are going to get drafted higher. And I think that's the fun thing about a mock draft is based on like what what I hear from teams. You know what if I talk to fellow media members who I trust and they say like, hey, we're kind of hearing it this way. Okay, that a mock draft is a predictive uh, board. My rankings don't look anything like a mock draft. You know, I, I don't have. I like Anthony Richardson. He's my number seventeen overall player. I have Will Levis in the, the mid to late twenties right now. They're going to be drafted much higher than that. So I think it's definitely a year where we're seeing some. You know, manufactured grades. I, I think that happened in 2021 as well when we saw five quarterbacks go in the top 15. I didn't personally think Zach Wilson had any business going number two. I didn't think Trey Lance was worthy of the number three overall pick. He wasn't the third most talented player in that in that draft. Uh, so I, I think this year is a little bit similar in that 
I think Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud are, are really, really good quarterbacks. And in most drafts, they're going to be QB1 or QB2. Anthony Richardson, I totally, totally get the appeal. Now, Will Levis, I, I don't get it as much. But I, I think we're if we see those four dudes go in the top five, it's not because they're good. It's because they're those teams need quarterbacks. Okay, Matt, I want to focus there for just a second. Matt Miller, ESPN draft analyst at NFL Draft Scout on Twitter. He's with us here on the Payless Lickers Hotline. You said Richardson, and I forget the exact number, 17 and Levis middle 20s for you in terms of your draft board. Why is you know C.J. Stroud, Bryce Young clearly on a tier that's yeah. infinitely higher than the other two? It's, it's honestly as simple as accuracy. Like I, When Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud throw the football, I – I know where it's going and they know where it's going as, as well. You know, I think with Richardson, it's been broken down. I'm sure you guys have had people on have explained it. Um, it's, it's mechanical. It's not that he's not seeing it. It's not that he's a slow processor of what's happening in front of him. It's mechanical that you, you can in theory fix. So I feel a little bit better about that with Levis. I mean, he's a little bit of an older guy. You know, couldn't get the starting job at Penn State. So you transferred to Kentucky. And when he had, you know, so a weapon or two and a good offense coordinator, he looked okay, but he still turned the ball over 13 times, 13 interceptions in 2021. Uh, this past year, he threw his 10 interceptions. That's what I worry about. So I think with, with Young and Stroud, I'm really confident putting them in my top five. I'm confident putting a starter grade on them because the accuracy is there. I mean, to go along with things like poise, command in the pocket. Uh, they've both shown an ability to get out of the pocket and make plays happen. Well, even if it's not running for first downs, it's extending plays. It's creating on the move. They have the athleticism to do that while also being very, very good pocket passers. They can throw to every level. I mean, they can they can truly scatter the field with the ball and, and do that at a very accurate clip. Okay, how close would Hendon Hooker be to Levis and Richardson? He's pretty close for me. If it wasn't the ACL, that's the ACL and the scheme scare me more than the age. I mean, he's he's 24 years old. I think he turns 25 in December. The ACL scares me more than anything else because it was November 19th. So you're if, if he's already 24 and he's going to miss a year, then you start to be like, okay, this guy's a little bit advanced age. And I, I know quarterbacks are playing longer than ever. I think what scares me most about the age is – you're a little bit more physically, you know, developed at 24 than you are at 19 or 20. I think that's that's kind of a given. And you worry a little bit about, okay, is this guy who has, like, you know, grown man strength, is he beaten up on 19, 20-year-olds? Playing in the SEC, it, it does answer some of those questions. You feel a little bit better about it. Um, I, I have Hooker graded pretty highly. I had a first-round grade on him before he got hurt. He's number 27 on my board right now. I think he he has the tools to be a starter in the NFL. The scheme there at Tennessee, I mean, I know you guys have seen it. It's a lot of tempo. It's a lot of vertical stuff. Um, they're really using, you know, the wider field with the hashes and college to their advantage. I think that's going to take a transition to the NFL, but every one of these guys has something they're going to have to work on. There's no perfect prospect. Everybody has points of improvement. And I think for Hooker, his points of improvement are – Man, this dude did not turn the ball over in college in a scheme that took advantage of the situation. No, let's just, you know, let's build a scheme that works for what he can do. You know, he throws a beautiful deep ball. He's athletic. He's big. He's tough. I think you can you can find a way to make that work in your scheme. Matt Miller is our guest. On Twitter, he is at NFL Draft Scout. He is on the Payless Lickers Hotline. 
Matt, a year ago, or roughly thereabout, when the Colts acquired Matt Ryan, and I don't think you were wrong here, so this is not me picking on you at all. You said the best quarterback Chris Ballard has had, no more excuses in Indianapolis, time to win. I think that was uh, both a rational and common thought, and obviously we know what happened there. Do you believe that the seat is warmer for Chris Ballard and has the national narrative on him changed? I'm not saying completely gone south, but has it changed a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, when Chris was hired out of Kansas City, I, I think it's we got to go back in time and remember, right, that he was the most sought after next guy up at general manager, and he had had the opportunity to pick his spot, you know, to turn down interviews, which normally if you're a GM candidate and you start turning down interviews, those those interviews go away. But with Ballard, that didn't happen, you know, and, and he was able to say, I want to go somewhere in the Midwest and raise my kids in that area. Cool. He goes to the Colts, and it's like, this is a perfect marriage. You got Andrew Luck. He's going to be able to build a team there. So I, I think, you know, we can all say, hey, Chris was dealt a bad hand. His head coach backed out on him, and his quarterback retired. But it's also been long enough that you got to fix some of the issues right. that you inherited or fix some of the issues that you created. So I'm still a, a fan of Chris Ballard as an evaluator. I think he's a fantastic scout. Um, has he done enough in Indianapolis for me to say, okay, we were all validated in our thoughts of him, or I was validated in my thoughts? Absolutely not. And I, I think the seat is deservedly warm, hot, heating up, however you want to say that. I mean, you've got a gigantic need at quarterback that has existed from the moment you got there. And you've tried all these different avenues to fill that need, which is why – What's why I say I think this year, like you have to answer the quarterback question long term. No more band aids. You know, I was not a Carson Wentz guy, which is why I tweeted the Matt Ryan thing. Um, I, I thought Philip Rivers' arm was shot when he was in with the Chargers, which is why again I thought Matt Ryan. Hey, this is a guy that's been doing it at a at a good level at least, and we we saw that not work as well. So it's not just the quarterback position. You know, I think we can look at this roster top to bottom right now. It's not very good. So I, I do think there's a lot of pressure on Ballard to get this right and get it right in a hurry. So to get a sneak peek at your mock draft, you were saying that you, you know, it's based on chatter, you know, yeah. tea leaves, everything else. Uh, Colts select who? Which quarterback? Right now I would say Will Levis. Yep, that's um, exactly I, I, what I, I think. Yeah, I, I've i been putting that out there for a while. Um, <laughs> I don't love it, but I, I would like to think that they have a plan to make that work. Uh, I'm, I'm anxious to see what Shane Steichen does as a head coach. Anxious to see what that scheme looks like, um, how it changes from what they did for Jalen Hurts. You obviously can't do the same things for Will Levis, but Will is very athletic. He's got a, he's got a very strong arm. Um, and I, I think he's going to come into the NFL guys with a chip on his shoulder. Uh, I've heard that, that, that his interviews with teams, you know, he's a little pissed off that everybody's talking about Bryce Young and CJ Stroud and Anthony Richardson and not him. So I think there's going to be a little bit of a chip on his shoulder, which should be a good thing. Matt, we'll end with this and appreciate the time. Again, Matt Miller from ESPN is with us here on the Payless Liggers Hotline. From a local angle, we'll throw a couple names at you. Michael Mayer going round one. Is he the top tight end or no? He is for me, and I think he should go round one. Absolutely. Okay, and then uh, how about the Purdue guys? Where do you think, and this is obviously more middle to late rounds, um, Aiden O'Connell and then Payne Durham in what appears to be a pretty deep tight end draft? Yeah, I would say both those guys, day three. Aiden O'Connell had a little bit of buzz for a minute, you know, that he could maybe go higher. I'll tell you, when you said Purdue, I thought you were going to ask me about Charlie Jones and Corey Trice. Oh, okay. I like them. I like them better. Like, I think I think there's a good chance that, that Corey Trice and I would say Trice then Jones 
probably go higher than O'Connell and Durham. Like four ish, five ish, right around there. I wouldn't be surprised if they if Trice went third and Jones went like late third, early fourth. Boy, Jones had a hell of a season. He did this year. It was I love, fun to watch. Love Charlie Jones. Like yeah. I want him on my team. You know, yeah. if, if I. If I take Chris Ballard's job in the next 24 days, we're drafting Charlie <laughs> the, Jones. There are a lot of people around yeah, here that will come pick you up. Yeah. yeah, He sold his house about a month or two ago. I think a lot of people would have said, hey, Matt Miller can move That's into right. Westfield. Hey, uh, give, give Jimmy my number. Uh, we'd have a good time. <laughs> well, uh, he's hired uh, people from ESPN before. Right. On I mean, that yeah, front. I've, got the, I've got the pedigree. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, great stuff. Always enjoy our conversations. I know it's a busy month of April for you, so thanks for making time for us. Appreciate you guys. Thank you.